don't mean that in a bad way. I'm not going to lie. Today I feel like Superman. I feel so strong. I feel so mighty. Now, I'm not saying that I feel like Superman because he is who he is and looks like he does. I'm a black man. Therefore, I am Superman. Am I souped up on myself? No. I'm just telling you the truth. Superwoman, you out there. It doesn't mean you have to be a servant to a man who doesn't appreciate you, but we, in our natural state, are super beings, and we don't even realize it. You don't even realize it. Like the time that I thought I was broke for the next two weeks and I was walking around with my head hung low and I wore some clothes. And as I went through the pockets of my pants, I found a couple of hundred dollars. So I didn't feel broke anymore. But the whole time that I felt broke, I wasn't broke, but I thought I was broke. See, you feel broken but you don't realize that you're the super beings of this planet. We're going to start out that way. Because from now on, I'm not holding back any bit. If you think I'm rude, think I'm rude. You know I'm a polite individual who's very cerebral, very considerate until you cross the line, and I have to show you the other side. You'd love to live next door to me if you treat me right. I'd be the perfect neighbor. But I'd be a nightmare if not. So we got to stop thinking of ourselves so low because it's in our mind. But see, look at the title. And I want to say welcome back to another episode of Landscurve to find all of the work that we've ever done over the last almost 23 years being online. That's almost a quarter of a century closer to it than one who has been around for a year or two. You don't have to amp it up, speak it up. It is what it is. The proof is in the work and in the pudding, the body of work. Go to landscurve.com if you do not see us anywhere else because they're not going to like the kind of things we say over here and the kind of things we talk about because it's diametrically opposed to the foolishness that they put out and try to hide their hand. It's like a person who throws a rock and then tries to hide their hand and say, I don't know who threw that rock, but you did it. Let me know how the sound is. Yes, let me know how the sound is. Thank you so much, Christopher, the official unscripted podcast, Oyala's Cadence, Indigo King 1111. And it affects so many of us, we don't even realize it. And then we get blamed for being the scum of the earth. Yes, thank you so much. I had some technical difficulties yesterday, and I figured it out. Too long, too much. I had some equipment damage. This is why I appreciate the donations that come in. It keeps things going because I'm nearing being a senior citizen at 60 years old with a limited income. Thank you all so much. (laughs) But I say that proudly because we can't allow anything to, to, to define us. You see, let's pull back the scope a little bit. I'm 60 years old. I'm not trying to hide it. I don't have hair because I shave it off. But if I did, I wouldn't dye it. And to be honest, when I see it growing back a little bit, it's all white, just like my father. He had a head full of white hair. 
but we allow people to define us. Let's just check it out. Oh, you have those friends. I'm you're 60 years old, huh? I don't know. You you're looking pretty good, but you know when I was 45, I started to feel those aches and pains. Well, you were looking for it, and somebody told you that you had to have these aches and pains. Therefore, they defined you, and you believed it, and you manifested it. The mind is so strong, and we don't realize how strong our minds are. But when we're put in a position where we're opened up to absorbing everything around us and believing that that is reality, and therefore we should fall through with the same thing, that's very destructive. And why would anybody want to try to keep us in a place where we are not who we are? When we're vibrating at our highest, nothing can stop us. So we have to be kept vibrating at our lowest. And so we become the marionette puppet while someone else who's weaker pulls the strings. That's what it is. Let's start with the first illustration on the right. There's a brother who I will drop his information below. Comedian Shuler King. Comedian Shuler King. But I'm going to put the link down. And wouldn't you believe it, the rain is starting to drop down. What windows do I have open? You know what? <laughs> when it rains, it pours. Bear with me. I'm going to run upstairs and close these windows so the rain doesn't come down. Because when I get back, we're going to come down with it. <laughs> Okay, y'all. Be right back.
Yes, I had to unmute myself. We are back. Sorry about that. You can hear in the background, it seems like every day around the same time of the mountains here, boom, it starts raining. And we get it first because we're so far up in the sky. And I was coming in last night, and I looked over the mountains where it was lower, and it was high. I'm like, we're probably at the height of the top of the Empire State Building or something because it is high. But anyway, we're back. If for some reason we get knocked off power or whatever, I'll be back in like two minutes, no problem. But I want to speak about that, how we are so convinced of our being so fragile. We are so convinced on how we are supposed to manifest something that we not even, we're not that. Well, who is it that orchestrates this? There's got to be somebody. This can't be by chance. Have we gotten so deaf, dumb, and blind that this thing is being executed in front of our face and we don't even say anything about it anymore? Has it become normalcy? Just like I said in the title, if you look down at the bottom, why do we allow, us, why do we allow others to define us? Cooning down the road to extinction. We're cooning down the road to extinction. And the puppet masters are doing a very good job. Am I saying it's good? No, it's not good. But what I mean by good is they're doing something very effective, and we're sitting here watching it play out, and we're not doing anything about it. And many of us who do see it are afraid to speak on it. Because as you well know, social media... You can't say anything in, anymore. You can't. You can't. It's unacceptable. You can't say anything. <laughs> You'll be shut down. You won't be allowed to participate in the social media party because you want to be there so much. You want to be where the action is. But you're shut out, so you're scared of that. If you say anything too controversial in the break room of your job, you're going to get fired. Somebody's going to get insulted. Even third-party participation where somebody walks in and overhears it. This is the way it was taught to us when I was back in corrections. you got to be careful of what you say with sexual harassment. Of course, now you're not going to bring that to the job, but it's not even sexual harassment anymore. If two people are talking in a way and another person overhears it, oh, I'm so insulted. It's wrong what they were talking about. Why are you being nosy? But it is on the job, so you're not supposed to speak about these things. But now it's not even sexual harassment anymore. It's about not liking something. If I say it's weird for a dude to want to dress up with lip gloss, and, and, and eyelashes with a beard, I'm wrong. What happened to the, the, to the compartmentalized definitions of what a man and what a woman is? Is this about speaking about the Rainbow Crew? No. We're speaking mental health here. Mental health on, on so many levels. We allow so many people to define us and so many things to define us. Fashion, Madison Avenue, Paris. What was new at the Paris Fashion Show? 
What models are walking down the runway with something skimpy? Now we have a woman who's 300 pounds at five foot two wanting to wear the same things that that skinny, almost emaciated model wore because she's delusional. Because if I wear this, I will come off this way. Sure, some of us may not have hair, <clears throat> but it's okay. What's more beautiful than a sister with a bald head? Oh, my God, that's so sexy. It doesn't mean that anything's wrong with hair. But what you do with your hair shows what you have going on inside your head. We fry, die, lay to the side. And then we feel better about ourselves. Not realizing those chemicals are getting in your skull. And oftentimes when you see morticians and people who do autopsies, the food we eat and the chemicals we put on us has us rotten and green on the inside. For what? Save your money, sisters. Shave all your heads bald. When you're laying down face down in that bed naked, it all looks so good. <laughs> it is something how we allow others to take over our brain. Now, Spider-Man. Spider-Man. And this is where I got my illustration from, comedian Shula King. He did a short about this. And I said, oh, my God. Spider-Man. Now, it was hard for me to find this image in so many other places, so I lifted it from his video. Thank you, brother. He didn't give me permission, but I'm going to give him credit. Comedian Shula King. Now, this is for PlayStation, what, 5? I don't follow these games or whatever, but look at the image. Look at Spider-Man. He is purposely tooting up his backside on his toes and looking over his shoulder. It's not like he's about to leap up and he's looking forward. Spider-Man knows what he's doing. And he's looking over his shoulder in a way where I'm giving you this backside on his tippy toes at that. So Spider-Man is letting you know he's ready. Ready for what? To fight crime? No. He's ready to give up that anus. Next to him, you have Saucy Santana, a rapper. To me, he's not a rapper. Rap music and hip-hop culture is about us as men. The original manifestation of hip-hop, never forget, we didn't have this kind of foolishness going on, but it's been infiltrated for so many decades. I grew up in New York City. I saw hip-hop in its infancy, how it developed, the direction it was going in. And when we began to have Public Enemy and X-Clan and others who taught history, real history, that you did not get in the schools that were run by other people. What do you mean, other people? Am I hating? Facts are not hating. Facts are not hating. What were the names of my teachers? Miss. Finkelstein, Miss Drewshell, Miss, what was her name? Rubenow. Hmm? 
Miss Christian, although she wasn't a Christian, she was part of the Kanye West hate group. And they were the teachers who were over us, overseeing those who had potential, overseeing the masses of us in the inner cities and in the affluent black neighborhoods and all in between to persuade you to go a different way. Like Malcolm X said, if he said he wanted to be a lawyer, they said, oh, no, you'd be better as a carpenter. You'd be better doing some manual labor because of your muscles and you look so strong. See, they never wanted us to be the movers and the shakers of our communities, the ones who were the thinkers who can guide us to the promised land of what we could define for ourselves. We had to always have somebody else as the leader. And we followed in a subservient manner because they probably, they know what they're doing. We don't know nothing. Ain't nothing good coming from us. And we think that because we've been convinced that. We've allowed others to define us. Now, if you go over to the far left, and of course, I can pull a million pictures to back this up. Sexy red. Sexy? Sexy because you just walking around naked? Always keeping things on a sexual trashy level, not the sexual good level. You see, even in that, when our children view a person like Sexy Red, in their budding sexuality, they get the wrong message. They get the wrong picture. The young men see the women, a woman like this, and she's put out there as a trashy plaything. The most beautiful creature, not a creature like a monster, I'm just saying this in a poetic way. The most beautiful creature with the essence of a goddess. And many men are going to hate me for saying this. Check the comment section sometime. I'm not going to say the black woman is God. But she's a goddess in her fullest form. Yes, she is. We say creator. And if you hear the static in the back, that's not static. That's rain coming down on the metal roof. But when we say creator, we look up to the sky and somebody convinced us it's up there somewhere. It's over there somewhere. It's everywhere else than where you should be. Oh, so that way it's easier for us to disrespect that one who has created us, who walked around with us in their stomach in the most intimate relationship for nine months. But it doesn't end when we come out. But somebody wanted to get between that and not see our mothers and our sisters and our wives and our little baby girls as little goddesses and big goddesses. We give more respect to the imaginary creator that somebody else gave us than the one who we're looking at every single day, the moment from when we were born. They had to get between that relationship. We couldn't see or not allowed to see any sanctity in our women. So when they put these images out, dirty old men 
can titillate themselves because they take the female form that we have. I'm not saying me, we as a man, I'm saying we as our women, some of the best shapes and physiques on the planet Earth, natural. And they taint it into something to lead us down the road to extinction. At the same time, running rampant out in society, we got all these STDs. We got new stuff coming up. AIDS is still out there. HIV is still out there. Why are we not understanding this? And we see a woman like Sexy Red. I hate to even say sexy because ain't nothing sexy in putting yourself out there as trash. But we see a woman like Sexy Red. And we titillate ourselves with the body but have no respect because she's nothing more than a piece of sexual toilet paper that we look at and masturbate. And when we're done wiping up our next generation off our lap, because all we wanted to feel is pleasure, we're done with her. And so why is it that when we deal with our women, we see them as objects of pleasure? Yes, there is a pleasure aspect to it, but there's so much more. The pleasure aspect is minimal at best. How long does it take for you to come? That's all you do think about is coming? After you shoot all the bullets out the gun, you still looking for the gunfight and can't do anything? And then we wonder why, after years of jerking off, that our dicks don't work no more by the time we 35 years old. How are you having erectile dysfunction issues even in your late 20s? Oh, I don't know what's wrong with me. I need some of them pills. And that's what they make you think, that you need something external. You need to get back to a proper vib vibration. Respect your woman, love her essence, treat her right. And if she's off course or off, don't blame them. Because like Minister Farrakhan said, every bad woman that you see out there, meaning not operating at the fullest vibration, is because it's a man. But we don't want to take credit for that. Because we can't get away now with some of those tricks that we used to do, getting women in bed, telling them that you love them, you, you want to commit to them, and you get the goods. So now these guys are bitter. Ain't no, man, they walk around like they fighters. They walk around mean. They walk around so-and-so. But we got to take time. With our sisters, we know we should know what happened to them. And these dudes who I'm not blaming just the men, we know it's the system, but we, we've done our part. I ain't going to lie. I've broken many hearts in my lifetime. While at the same time, what made me a little different, I never lied to you. If there was something I saw that you were pretty much willing to give, I let you know, hey, you know, this, you ain't the only one now, but we can do this. Huh? I've had my heart broken. I walked in an old girlfriend with another dude on top of her, saw it all going in and everything. Does that make me bitter toward women? No, that's one woman. We need to have goals in our life where we are not going to change our code on how we act with each other because now we're going down the road of extinction. Seriously. Seriously. It's, it's something that is so sickening to me because there's always been prostitution. There's always been fast women amongst us. But this is the expectation now, not only from the people on the outside, but for us, we don't think much of ourselves. We've allowed others to define us. Look at Spider-Man right there on the banner. Look at it. 
you know, if you take the head off, I mean, if you leave the head on, it's really a very effeminate pose. So our little kids look up to Spider-Man and want to be like Spider-Man. Halloween, they're walking around to Spider-Man costume. Well, maybe they might pose a little bit like this. See, it's not one way that they come at our children and come at our subconscious mind. It's so many different ways and tactics that everywhere we turn on the cereal box, there's somebody. Remember back there with Wheaties, Bruce Jenner. Now he's Caitlin. They took a whole entity who was known for being a top athlete. What was it? The Catalina? It was back in the 70s. Now he's a woman. Why? Why don't you keep that to yourself? Who paid you to do this so publicly? Now they're going after the little heroes. Boy, this rain is coming down hard. They're going after the superheroes there for the children. Like people like me, I'm too old. It's like, right, you're going to be dead in a couple of decades, maybe five, ten years. We don't know. But you're not going to be effective anymore. Now we get the rappers, like Sexy Red, Saucy Santana, a big behind man, a big fat linebacker-looking brother, put himself out there to do that. But if I wanted to say something on one of their platforms, they would shut it down because it's diametrically opposed to their agenda. Now can you see that there's an agenda? They don't care if you see it anymore. They've been doing this for decades. And they're using the media to get directly into the minds of you and the minds of your children. It's a wrap, y'all. Like I asked the question the other day, how many uh, black people, percentage-wise, do you think are toxic? A little toxic, a lot toxic. Not just a little toxic, but very nice. Or a little toxic, but you go to church. A little toxic, but you don't cuss. A little toxic, but you stay on your job and, and you're with your husband, and you're with your wife, you don't cheat, you don't eat bad food, you're just a nice person, but you're a little toxic. Toxic is toxic. Like I said before, it's like being a little bit pregnant or a little bit of cancer. Well, I just got a little bit of AIDS. It's just about a little talk. I'm just going to cut that part off. No, it don't work that way. What are you, crazy? Somebody said 85%, and I said, that might be a low number. Where are, the, where, where are the sentinels? Where are the true, and when I say gatekeeper, they have taken that word for something else. But those who protect our community and the minds of our children. What happened to the real men? I'm calling out the real men. We've allowed others to define us. We've allowed others to define what we feel manhood is. We let this little bit of stuff in the door to be fair. No, it's not acceptable. It's not acceptable in my household. I put my foot down. You hear me? I put my foot down. And too many of, too many of y'all are so nice. Well, you know, he's a nice guy. You know, she keeps hitting on me, but she's a nice person. When you clean up your house, you don't clean up. Say you had 15 rooms in your house. <laughs> ten, eight, I don't know. Let's just say you had ten rooms in your house. What you going to do, clean up nine of them and leave the 10th room funky? Leave the 10th room dirty? Don't clean up and empty up the garbage can out of that 10th room? Well, your whole house is doomed to be stinking. Your whole house is doomed to be toxic. When you clean up something, you got to clean it all up. You can't leave a little bit to be nice for somebody else. The essence of a woman 
and the essence of a man is being redefined by somebody else who wants our extinction. And most of us are so caught up in the glitter, in the glitz of, of, of the real housewives or where, wherever, because that real housewife stuff, that's all over the planet. I think they have one, you know, and I'm on the outskirts of Accra, Ghana. Might as well say Accra, the greater region. And I think I saw, I don't know if they said Ghana or Accra, but I saw an advertisement for the, for the real housewives of, of Accra. This is a systematic brainwashing technique. You can put real housewives of Houston, real housewives of Guatemala, real housewives of wherever, and you see the place that's closest to your where you live, you're going to tune in. What a tactic. Because they know we're just numb in the brain. And so we watch these shows, and, and, and these wives have all kind of drama. Some of them are just married to the man for the money. Some of them are married to the man and got another man. Some of them are married to the man and got another woman on the side. He out there working at home having orgies, licking each other. Materialistic, vain. They got to go every day and get their eyelashes done. Well, not every day, but it looked like that. For what? For what? We're being redefined and you're letting it. I have to ask myself the same question. How much have I allowed the media, the education system, which is really the indoctrination system, I have to ask myself and take accountability for whatever percentage I'm guilty of allowing. And you, my sisters and brothers, how much have you allowed? Well, you know that it's not right, no matter what it is. And that we've been turned on each other. And people are going to be mad at me. People let me ask me questions in the comment section because they got butt hurt because they probably ran after a woman for pleasure, got caught up in the females because that thing thing was so good, and now they're hurt. Tough titty, but you got to suck it. If you approach her properly, let me tell you something, and I don't mean this is, and we're talking real today. We're going to talk real forevermore. Forevermore. I ain't got no time to sit here and be, oh, it doesn't include everybody. No. Let me tell you something. When you are a real man. But we don't know what a real man is no more. And I'm not saying I am. Because maybe I'm some percentage away from vibrating at the highest that I can be. I, I'm, I'm not who I'm supposed to be yet. We have to think that so we continue to strive. This goes for women too. But I can only speak for myself as a man. This is what I learned, right? Now, we have the mental, we have the spiritual. And we have the physical and combinations of each more or less. Sometimes you can have zero spiritual, 50% mental and 50% physical. Sometimes you can have 10% physical and 45% spiritual and 45% mental, right? Different combinations. And sometimes it can be all of the one as we move through the earth. So as we move through our day, we encounter people, we may offer up more of the spiritual side of our conversation. Brothers, you see that chick with the nice <laughs> backside, pretty face? You going at her with, in the cerebral or, or, or the spiritual? There's a whole lot of physical going on there. So we are shapeshifters in ways that we don't even see. 
And you got to check yourself. Me too. I got to check myself. I'm not saying nothing to nobody that I do not do to myself. I'm up here like a monk. You hear the rain? Ain't nobody around me. I'm like a monk here every day, and I'm catching downloads left and right. I'm catching downloads left and right, so it's driving me crazy in a good way. But when you're a real man, now, 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 male, Saucy Santana was born a male, right? Supposedly Spider-Man, they should say Spider-Male the way he is in that picture. He ain't no man in that picture, that illustration, which is fraudulent and fictional and perfectly designed to add a little spice onto the male hood that's there. That's easily pliable because of their indulgence in the disinformation of the indoctrination system. I'm sounding like them dudes from the living color. The indoctrination to the masturbation. To the <laughs> no, I'm not one of them guys. I know a lot of them, but I know what I'm saying. So many years ago, I had the experience, right? I've always tried to treat our sisters with respect no matter where they're coming from. You give me respect, I'm going to give you respect. There have been times growing up in New York City, it's a very fast place, but other places are fast too. But I'm just saying, it was known for a while as the fastest of the fast. If you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. And you're going to learn a lot of lessons when you're there. You're going to see a lot of things. You're going to see a lot of things that you have to sort out that may confuse you, but eventually your mind is sharp because you're coming up in that atmosphere that's very intense. Man, this, this rain is coming down. I've never heard it this loud before. Do you hear this? Do you hear this? I might have to throw this microphone down and run down in the basement. I don't know what's going on. I'm, whoo, it's coming down. Baby, you make my rain come down. Ooh, you make my rain come down. Come on, power. Let's, let's keep the power on. We don't know what can happen out there, right? Because we're on a roll. But in my experience, several times, me vibrating as much as I can as a man, as a teenager, as in my early 20s, middle 20s, those periods of my life that I was heavily involved in seeing and exploring and breaking down and learning all that I could in that atmosphere of New York City. Because there's a lot to be thrown at you up there. Now, eh, it's a little different right now. But back then, everything was wide open. That, that I can say the New York City culture. Let me stop with the New York talk. Let's talk real. I have had an opportunity to hang out with many different people in my formative years. There was no shock for me because I knew what was around me. If I was in a part of town like Greenwich Village, it did not shock me if I saw a bunch of homosexual men and lesbian women. If I was on the more affluent part of town, the Upper East Side. It didn't shock me when I saw Bentleys parked out in front of a restaurant and people who had so much money, if you took a million or two from them, they wouldn't even realize it. I've been to the highest of highs and the lowest of low. And there have been times that I had the opportunity because of different reasons to hang out with a couple of my lesbian friends, right? Meaning that ain't nobody trying to sleep with nobody. You are who you say you are, but you're a sister. I'm going to still respect you, right? 
And because we had different projects in school, because I went to the High School of Art and Design on 57th Street and 2nd Avenue in Manhattan. So when I came out of school, I'm smack dab in the middle of Manhattan. You all know my father had a business that took us all over the city. And growing up, I was always with him on the weekends or in the summer vacation. My parents were together, but that's the only time I could be with him, right, outside of school and my mother. So I had a really, 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 really rich background and a really, 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 really rich time in New York City that, that will never come back again. So I can reflect things from back at that time because I'm a living testimony of that time. And I was out there, okay? I'm no better than nobody else. But, 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 but what's in me? You, you got to see it. So the couple of times that I hung out, we may have had a class project, or maybe I was a little older, and we were in the bodybuilding gym together. Nobody knew her preferences, but she's like, Lance, you know, see, we hang out up there. It's not like, you. ooh, they must be screwing each other. When I moved down south, I noticed more of that. You can't even talk to somebody for five minutes outside of a workplace or, or, or somewhere where you are, and, oh, you, you must be screwing. I'm not putting nobody down in the South. It's just, it was just a different kind of thing up there. Everybody was cool with everybody as long as, as, as you respected their boundaries. So we go in to get some sushi after the workout, and we're talking a little more in depth. I'm showing this young lady respect. I'm, I'm kind of capsulizing it. And, and blending and melding all of my situations in one. Because I can tell you each one, but we'll be here all night. It's just like that. So we're talking. We get to know each other more. We came out the gym. We work out partners or we worked around each other. And so it's like, Lance, you're a cool guy. I really like you. So yeah, I like your energy too. What you doing tomorrow night? Well, I'm supposed to go over to the bookstore with one of my girlfriends. No, we ain't really seen each other, but, you know, she likes me and everything. But you know what? Why don't you come along? I, I'd love to. So now we go down to Strand Books. I don't think it's there no more on 57th Street, right off of Broadway. Really huge bookstore. I don't think many people have seen a bookstore that huge, right? The whole first floor was huge. They had a basement that was huge. Any kind of book you wanted, it was there. Long before we had Amazon, right? So we go into the Strand Bookstore, we're hanging out. And so the young lady that was hanging out with my friend, she had to go after a while. So she's like, Lance, what are you, what are you doing later? I said, no, let's hang out. And I would always treat her like I would treat anybody else. I'd hold the door for her. I, I, I wouldn't be hitting on her because I knew what her preferences were, so she said. But I always tried to vibrate at my highest, right? And the beautiful thing is she began to melt. I wasn't trying to get her in the bed, but she's like, Lance, I'm, 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 I ain't going to lie. I never felt this for any man before, but I really enjoyed being around you. And I'm like, well, listen, I'm having a ball with you, and I want to spend more time with you as much as we can. But I'm not trying to encroach on your personal life. She's like, listen, Lance, you, you, you were already a part of my personal life. What's up? That's what you mean, what's up? Because, you know, she was a little aggressive, as many of them are. I said, um... I was like, I didn't know what she was saying. She said, listen, I'm always open for new things, but the way you treated me, no man has ever treated me with so much respect. And I've been, I've been checking out your style. I see how you treat those other women in the gym. I see how you're polite, but you're very aggressive when you're working out. But, I, you know, you're a teddy bear, and I like that. And I want to know if we can kind of see each other. So I said, well, listen, 
gonna be honest with you. I like the way you look. I like the way you talk. You know, you got your other things going on, which I don't know about. You told me, right? I ain't trying to change nobody, but we can hang as much as you want because I am attracted to you. Well, Lance, I'm attracted to you too. So, um, can we call this official? I said, well, you got to define the other parts of you now. I'm not trying to use you for a threesome. I'm not trying to use you for whatever. She says, no, 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 no. I know that. But you know what? I might like that. But I'm your woman now. And I'm like, some guys say, oh, man, you ain't going to be doing that around me. Whatever. You know, I was young, and I was like open for a lot of things. That's why it put me in a situation. I'm not curious about anything. But me operating and vibrating high vibrational as a man, showing respect, being supportive, and not being resentful, coming at her, talking about, yeah, girl, I'm going to straighten you out. I got this thing right here, and when I break your back, you're going you gonna to... No, we are all the way we are because of some reason. Sometimes it's traumatic. Sometimes it's not traumatic. What I have a problem with is this foolishness that we see that's engineered on the screen to take us out of who we are. And the example that I just used was not to promote anything different or promote that. But when one person acts and, and responds and reacts and deals with a person on a high vibrational level, that other person begins to heal. So what she's saying, lesbians aren't healed? Well, most of that I met are, are not healed. I ain't gonna lie. They got, and, and, and most of the men or males that I see, they ain't healed. We're all walking around in an unhealed state. And check this out. There's an enemy covertly handing us a Band-Aid that has something on it to permeate our system, our minds, our souls to turn us out. Hence, this foolishness here. And is it only a homosexual thing? No, it ain't. Is it only a lesbian thing? No, it ain't. How about it could be a thing of how we treat our women, how we see our women. It could be a thing on how we see our men. If we understand that the times that I've stepped on your toes and the time that you stepped on my toes, the bottom line is that we both need healing. Why are we turning against each other when we both as men and women need healing? Who wants us to not get together and come together? You can spell it C-O-M-E. You can spell it C-U-M-E the porno way. I'm not saying it's just a sexual thing, but why is our sexuality turned around? When you have a man next to a woman or a male next to a female, and they don't even bother with each other. So we're, we're relegated to doom and death. We're not procreating. Our wounds are very important. Our balls and our dick is very important. It ain't just for pleasure. It ain't just a pleasure stick. You got balls for a reason. Some of us men don't have balls symbolically, and some of us don't even need balls because we wasted our sauce, the life sauce, that cream of life, that when your top head is right, you know how to direct what comes out of you. That's the way it's supposed to be. That's why the brain and the head coming down back through the spine goes down the crack of your behind and up under your genitals is connected. Both heads are connected. Can't you see that? But we want to separate it. Well, I don't love her, but you know she got a nice ass, man. I'm going to pump that up, man. Yeah, that shit was good. It is disconnected from the head. It's best you dis dis disconnect your penis and your balls 
from your head and treat that woman righteously and give her what she needs. And I'm not talking about no, no, no sex. But we're damaged. And you want to blame somebody for being damaged. You've got to look past the fact that they stepped on your toes in another relationship. Because all of this allows other entities to come in and define us. Ain't that sick? Can we go in and define them? No. Do they display themselves out there like that? Those who Kanye West had a problem with, who control everything? No. They ain't putting themselves up. They got their communities, and their communities are tight. They even have their own patrols in their community. They got one in Brooklyn, right? In Crown Heights, Brooklyn. And they don't own the street, but their people live within this several blocks. Maybe more than I can remember. But it's a huge community. And you ain't even going to do as much as drop a carton of milk or, or some drink and throw it down as trash. You, be, you better not do that up there. And you know what? Those of us who live right there, because it's one block around four ways that separates across the street that ain't our community, right here is. You can do that on your side of the street, but you're not going to do it on our side of the street and where we live. And when black people walk through that Hasidic Jewish community, you ain't going to throw nothing down and you don't even think about it. I've seen it. They find the garbage can and put the trash in because they're made to respect that community. They ain't going for it. So why are we going for it? Why are we going for it? Why are we going for it? Why do we allow it? Why do we allow other people to put our women out there as playthings? That beauty is for us. As men who earned it. You got to earn that stuff, brother. You shouldn't even be thinking about that stuff. That's why, look, I got a problem with religion, but I'll say this. I'm not saying you got to be covered up like the women of Islam or all you see is their eyes. I'm not saying that. But they're making sure that you focusing on who they are as a woman. These, these outfits that some of our sisters take pleasure in wearing to titillate. Why are you doing that? Now, I will say, some of our sisters can put on a potato sack and look sexy in it because they have such a devastatingly beautiful and sexy shape. I understand that. I'm not going to knock you for how the Creator made you, but it's not for everybody. Why is that for some? Not all of our sisters do that. We have some beautifully sexy women who got curves and everything, and that's not their mindset. They just can't help it. There's nothing to put on. You don't have to be ashamed of it. But men need to know how to take it. But we see these old, that even the heterosexual rappers, male rappers, not men, but males, they talk about our sisters in a way where they're only a plaything or something to be used. And there's always a venom. I'm not saying all male rappers, but we know what we're talking about. The whole industry is geared toward our destruction. And it wasn't like that before because it was pure. We were having fun with each other, making up rhymes with each other. Look, when it came to be with, uh, in the Bronx, New York, they would rather rap and, 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 and pop dance and do break dancing, and that was their way of battling. What happened to battling that way? Where we don't pull out a gun or a knife or look to punch somebody in the face or hit them over the head with a chair. What happened to that? That's unacceptable now. What happened to real men, real women? It was fun. We educate. It's like Chuck D from Public Enemy said, it was the CNN of the hood. 
all of the black community. We spoke to each other, and we let each other know what was going on and how we felt about each other, and we settled differences that way. And somebody said, this is not acceptable. We need to turn this thing around. We need to do what we need to do here to make this thing that's so good for them that they created and tainted, make money for ourselves, and use that to destroy them. This would not have been acceptable. A saucy Santana, a sexy red, a Spider-Man with his ass cocked up on his toes. I mean, he might as well be laying down. It's a very effeminate pose. You trying to fight crime like that? What kind of crime you trying to fight? Look like you're ready for something else. This is disgusting. PlayStation 5. I couldn't find this image anywhere else, and it was on the page of our brother, comedian Shula King. And when I... My mother had me and we were in the subway, right? We were in the subway. We were going somewhere and just let me know, oh, God, no sound? Okay, we're going to come with it. Okay, give me a few. Okay, let's check the settings. Okay, this is in. Okay, let's see what else is in.
Okay, I'm back on the other. Okay, you can hear me now. I'm actually on the other laptop. I have always two laptops, or one computer, one laptop. I got the effect of that stuff moving around by the time I always keep it on, but I'm not sure exactly where the sound is coming out of because I had to fix some things. I'm going to mute this and count to 10. You might not hear four, five, and six. Let me know if you can hear the whole sound. One, two, three. Eight, nine, ten. Did you hear all of that? Okay. I'm going to mute this particular one, and hopefully you'll hear me when I get back to my main screen. Give me 15 seconds. Okay. Can you hear me now? Let me know if you can hear me now. Oh, thank you, Priscilla. Priscilla Body, thank you so much. Everything really, really helps. Trust me. I'm not on the job in America right now. Can you hear me now? Okay, thank you so much. I know what it is. I lost the connection to my Wi-Fi on my other computer that has a bad-sounding fan. <laughs> I just want to say, this is what I want to say. As far as my equipment is concerned, right, I have some really nice pieces that I worked for over the years. If anybody has anything they're not using, like an old laptop or old microphone, wires, whatever have you, I can give you an address to send it to in the States, and I can use it out here for sure. See? I can definitely use it out here for sure. And like I said, all donations are, are, are appreciated because we're going down to the wire with so many different things, and it really helps a lot. So the sound is good, but thank you so much, Priscilla. And thank you all just for being here, whoever can only just share and like and put other people to it, fine. But let's get back on the flow. And I got to tell you, it is, it is coming. I don't know. Maybe this is like the creator saying, yes, I approve of you. <laughs> Go ahead and keep talking. I'm sending down rain on the plants. Make the mangoes sweeter and, and, the, and the, uh, the other fruits better, right? The papaya is better. Anyway, um, like I said, when we vibrate at our highest, it's a threat to someone. It's a threat to someone. Someone don't like it. And am I always saying that it's always someone, it's always someone? No, I'm not saying that because most of the time now, it's us. We got to hold our own black asses accountable now. We got to go down to the wire. It's like a politician campaigning for votes. He just don't do a radio program and say, oh, vote for me, and that's it. The person goes door to door. The race might be down to the wire. And who decides who wins? But really, it's you who have to knock door to door. And I'm knocking door to door now. I want everybody to be held accountable. It doesn't mean you're going to rant and rave and scream like a crazy person. No, but you have to be strategic in how you influence people. 
Because that pastor that's getting money out of you, he ain't going to come down door to door. He's going to talk in general. And as you see, most pastors are afraid to talk about certain things, but they're getting your tithe money. And they don't give a damn about you. Usually they have a bodyguard or two around them. Society is different than the way it used to be. Used to be, you can walk into a bank and they call out your friend, hey Lance, how are you? And the tellers that were there were there working for years. You had a relationship with them. Used to be, if somebody in your family got sick and was in the hospital, whether they were a child or somebody at their strong point or somebody who was elderly, before you can call around and say that your aunt or your mama or your daddy or your son was in the hospital, the pastor caught wind of it, and he was already in the hospital before you got there. Now, you might have been there initially to bring them to the hospital, but you had to come home and feed your other kids. You had to go to work. But when you come back, you don't even know how he found out. He's right there with your family. He's right there to make you feel better about the situation, to bring a positive energy. But the intentions are different now. They find out stuff and they count your money and they don't give a damn about you. Politicians don't give a damn about you. Not that they ever did, but at least they weren't so obvious in their, 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 their hustle of you. This world is an illusion and it's all a game. And they have us cooling down the road to extinction. Because these people who are compromised, now we can't blame Spider-Man because he's fictional. But somebody behind that, that artwork that's there, and that's some pretty good artwork. I'm an artist. I would not draw anything like that. I'm just saying, Spider-Man. <laughs> but I go, no, I, I ain't going to say it. I was going to think of another word with three letters. <laughs> Starts with F. Not Spider-Man, but Sp <laughs> Imagine that. He wouldn't be saving nobody. That Spider-Man there, he'd only be looking at, that, that's the LGBTQ hero. <laughs> oh, you're straight. I can't help you. Get Superman. We know Batman and Robin are compromised. Now, Robin, right? They done turn Robin out. They getting their heroes one by one. And there's other new heroes that are supposed to re represent that segment. As they encourage you in school that you have more than one choice. They're teaching you in schools now. Not all schools, but a lot of these schools, you hear about it. When they teach them about sex and they're six and seven years old. The only thing that's good for their genitalia is to go pee. But you're putting things in their mind. What about the school that I spoke about before where they're teaching kids how to masturbate and they have rooms where they can take a break and go in there and touch themselves? What kind of sick people are out here? And whatever they show you, they're sicker than that. I've been privy in my life to know different women situations. And sometimes, and I'll say the most often, oftentimes, the most conservative, intelligent ones, or the freakiest out there. Now, you do what you do it behind closed doors, and I got no problem with that, whatever you are. But when you start trying to indoctrinate your children into certain things and you let other people indoctrinate your children, I got a problem with that. And that's what that Spider-Man situation is. They want us to be everything else other than we are, what we are supposed to be. Does it surprise you why we don't have real community? Does it surprise you that we don't have real unity? And like I said yesterday on the show, when I was speaking about toxic black people, imagine we took all of our talents, all of our abilities, all of our drive, all of our spiritual strength, 
across the world and came together and built something for ourselves. We don't produce nothing. Well, Tyler Perry produced movies in his land. Yeah, we know that. And then he's a bit compromised, too. On the, on, on the down low, he's a bit compromised. Come on now. Yeah? We can say it's wonderful and he employs people and he, he employs some of us. Fine. But is he going to speak about the issues that the majority of us need to hear about? Is he going to go against the Hollywood that, that he's part of, even though he has his own studio? Is he going to bring that out? <laughs> Don't let me get a couple million dollars and make me get a studio. They'll have a drone bomb or something to blow that up. I'd have to have studio bunkers underground so they can't get me. <laughs> we can't let last get no money. Huh? It's crazy. And we see this stuff and we let it go by. Are we going to still let it happen? Are we going to talk to our children? Even when we think they're not thinking things, they're exposed to things. You think because they're home with you, and I don't have that type of stuff in my house. You got a computer. They got a smartphone. What you think they're looking at? It may not always be filth, but curiosity when you're a child is going to take you places. How is it that I found my older brother's book when he was living with us before, you know, drugs took him away? He's living, but he's just out there doing his thing still. What made me go under the box that was under the box in the back in the corner like Flip Wilson in the booth in the back in the corner in the dark, for those who remember that. But I, I was just searching through stuff. Found it. I found it. It was a copy of Playboy magazine. I'm going to see if I can Google it and find it. It was September of 1973. I was 10 years old, and I found the Holy Grail. I always wondered what women's breasts looked like. I was oddly drawn to them in the shape of a woman. Found it. Saw titties. Ran out. All kind. Oh, my God. Look at that. I had to take the book and bring it to my friend's house. I had to hide it behind comic books. <laughs> Look at this. Look what I found. And then two years later, me and my friend Carlos were skateboarding. I was 12 years old. And it looked like it was going to rain, but it was still the daytime. It didn't really rain. But we saw about 12 crates, milk crates. We saw these milk crates, and this house had tenants in it because somebody else owned it, so they had moved out. But they threw out a lot of stuff, waiting for the garbage. And I said, look, Carlos, we were heading this direction, coming down the hill, 134th Street between 107th and 109th. We lived a block up. We come in there and I said, man, look like a whole lot of comic books blowing up out of that box. Man, we need to get these comic books. Oh, my God. It wasn't comic books. It was numbered porn. Hardcore porn. We looked at each other. We smirked. I said, yo, Carlos, let this stuff sit here. It's almost going to be dark. We're going to come down here and we're going to get this bad boy. So we hauled 12 crates of magazines. And we had to be discreet about it. Because if somebody was out there going in their driveway, we couldn't pick that stuff up. At the, they went, what are you doing going in the garbage? So we had to really be like Mission Impossible. <laughs> we heard the Mission Impossible theme. So we brought them all to his house because his house was closer. His yard was closer. Mine was up the block a little bit. So we put them all there. His folks were inside and painted on mine. And then later on, I got my six. I waited till late. 
was no, what? I had to get up and go to school the next day. I wait at one o'clock in the morning. I had to flip out the house. My mother was like, are you all right? I said, I just want to sort of go out and sit on the front steps. Cause I used to do that all the time. I was out. Now, now I had to bring them in the house. So I put them crates under the bed and my, my bed was like a foot higher. <laughs> so I pulled the covers down on the side that you can see. So it's like, I should, you know, I rode like that for a while. I always made sure to clean the room up. Yes, you see, see the room's cleaned up. Later on, she found them books. But that influenced me. I learned about all kinds of stuff. When I see the words B and D, it didn't mean nothing to me before, but it's bondage and domination. They don't masochism, threesomes, all kind of freakish stuff that was introduced to my mind. I was already off the chain anyway from what I knew, but look at today the things they're offering, right? Look at, look at what they're offering, what they're putting out there for us. Listen, okay, um, I'm sounding a bit funny. Let me know. Let me know. I got the microphone right in front of my face. Let me just put on my headphones. I took those off. You might be hearing me from across the room. One, two, three. One, two, three. Okay, it seems as though it's okay here. Tell me how the sound sounds because I'm getting ready to sign it off in a second anyway. The green stopped and I got to be over some things. And I have, I have um, got a lot to talk about. And usually I stay a little longer on these. Okay, I sound fine. Okay, good, good. It's got to be crystal clear because I'm right by the mic. The way I arranged it today, because I had a problem, it was kind of off. And the power went out. Thank you, Priscilla. Thank you, Oyala. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Let me just read what our Kibler man said. Back in the day, you had Playboy, Hustler, Penthouse magazines, and many other sex magazines. Like Richard Price to say, I never knew pussy was as good as my hand. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> but, but the conditioning, let me tell you, even us as black men, and, and, and you can remember this, Al-Kibla, man, because I know we're in the same age group, right? Back in the day, it was all about white women. I mean, in general, it was all about white women. And you had shows back in the day Al Kibbelin, man, remember, remember from the late 60s, early 70s, Love American Style? Love American Style, uh, it's me and you. If you don't know it, Google it, y'all. They had white women in short skirts and, and, and tight and breasts. And, and a lot of young black men, they didn't see their sisters. So in their formative years of uh, testosterone rushing their system, they latched on to that. You understand? So that whole slave thing where the forbidden fruit was Missy Ann, the slave master's wife, continued in our subconscious mind. Thank the creator that even though it was a white woman in the magazine, I saw her breasts and her bush, they didn't have any gaping, vaginal opening, pulled out, whatever. Ultimately, you know, it's all about my sisters. And that's what it was. Because that was a potent thing to hit me. I'm in love with black women. I don't hate nobody, but I'm in love with my, my sisters. They're beautiful. Mr. Skirv understands when I say that. It's not like, oh, I'm going to go out there and get me more. You stay here. I'm going to go. No. I'm an artist. I'm an empath. 
I'm an abstract thinker and very cerebral, and you are beautiful, not just because of the body, but how the body connects to the essence. And see, what the enemy knows is that our sexuality is extremely potent and powerful. And they have used that against us to twist it up, just like when they change things and modify foods, GMO foods, they can take a molecule here and twist it around and, and enhance it and join it with other things. Right? Just like when you have a hybrid vehicle and it runs on electric and it runs on gas. So you're running on electric, but when the electric runs down before you charge it up, you have a little gas to keep you going. You have a metal or you have two metals, two metals that are weak on their own. But when you fuse them together and create an alloy, it makes it stronger than each one. Synergistic, which means you take two things, combine them, and they become more than what the combination of them both are. On a, on a numerical level, that would be like saying five plus five, you think it's ten? No. In actuality, not in math, but in this case, five plus five equals 25. This is why when you have a man and a woman, us, vibrating high, we are synergistic out of our loins. And out of love and out of wisdom can come, yes, and I emphasize that word because I know and I have a theory that the stronger our personality was the stronger orgasm we were for our parents when they made us. Ain't nothing wrong with that. That is a spiritual place to be. Better when it's a mutual orgasm and you have everything else with the wisdom. You have some lust in there. Yes, you have some righteous lust. Ain't nothing wrong with a little bit of attraction that sets everything off. Your eyes roll back in your head. You know you're a decent person, but you're just, oh, my God, this is so good. You're blessed with this feeling because you've committed to each other. And others who are not committed still have the feeling, but it's watered down. This is why when you see parents who are so into each other, they got a slew of kids. I mean, if they can afford it, they can't stop. It's something divine. It's something out of this world. Even the watered-down version have these low vibrational people going crazy. But when your head understands commitment, when your mind is right, when you approach or you allow yourself to be approached by a member of the opposite sex and it's righteous, you know that other things built in. Those amenities come standard. Let's build something. Let's build a family. Let's have the family as we get older. They're coming up and everything that we put inside of them will go on to give them successful lives. There's always one or two bad apples in the bunch. We understand that. You get older and you see your children grown now, operating and mastering the world because you gave them a head start. And they do for you. Not that you should pressure them for that. But you got it built in when they look out for you, when you do it the righteous way. But when you do it the unrighteous way, you got all these baby daddies all over the place, all these baby mamas all over the place. The children are not guilty. They were brought here. They're here. But you didn't make the right decision. So, Rearing them up might be a little problem when there's personality conflicts and people are not 
moving in unison. This stuff brings us chaos. It doesn't do anything for us for guidance. This way we have where we allow others to define us, how can they define us when we were put here with a purpose? We may not know it right away, but our exact purpose is there. And we're running around man's world wondering what can we do. Yes, in the system you got to get money. But what is your divine purpose? Can you connect with that? Or do you think, and this is why so many people are on jobs and hate the job, because they don't know the divine purpose. When I worked in a jail, when I worked in a prison, when I was driving a bus, I knew my purpose. That thing didn't bother me because I said to myself, one day I'm not going to be here. One day I'm not going to be here. My purpose is bigger than this job. Even if it's something you went to college for and it's a career, cool, you're there. But that's not you. That's not your divine purpose. You may use what you do to become something on a divine level, an offshoot of something that you control, but you're thinking something so small where you're hired. You might be a supervisor or even an admin. That's man's world. And that comes because, yes, we have to make money. I understand that. But we're allowing ourselves to, to just focus on what's earthly. What is your, how are you affecting people? How are you influencing people? How are you influencing your people? There's this damn show out here where somebody else is influencing our people. You may go to work and get the money. When you come home, the, mind, the minds of your children have been corrupted right up under your nose. How do you explain that? Well, your children for now are your divine purpose. They've been given to you. You manufactured them. But it's your job to rear them so that when they go out into the world, they ain't with this foolishness. It's got to break your heart when you think or see that. Oh, man, the system done got to him. Look at them now. You see your son sashaying as a rattle. You, you don't really want that. You, you're still going to love him, but you've been messed up. Our children on drugs, they've been messed up. They weren't that when you had them and, and held them in your arms the first time. You didn't say, oh, I love you, even though you're going to be a little crackhead. <laughs> I love my mom will always love you. didn't say that. You said, oh, you know the traditional things we say, you know, they could be a doctor. They could be a lawyer. Not that doctor or lawyer is the epitome, but you thought high for them. The highest. Again, not that that's the highest. You didn't think the lowest. So it's got to break your heart. Oh, this little girl, she's going to be out there sucking everybody's dick. <laughs> I love her. I'm sorry I have to talk this way, but it is. And ain't nothing wrong with doing that to your man that you committed to. Whether you spit or swallow, it don't matter. You could never be a whore with the one that you're committed to. You can even act whorish with the one you're committed to, and they know you're the highest of high. If you choose to go down that variant on the marriage bed or commitment bed, because when we say marriage bed, marriage bed don't mean nothing these days. Look at Jada Pinkett and Will Smith. Everybody's involved in that. The son's friend got a little something from Jada, and she talked about it. I mean, and Will Smith lived it and don't know? 
And she's doing it because that's how they arrange their marriage. It's a revolving door. Oh, you want to come on in? Who is it? It was uh, P. Diddy's bodyguard who, who revealed in an interview. It was something that just played over, not over and over, but you know how you have the um, playlist thingy and the new stuff just keeps playing. I was, wasn't paying no mind. I was just doing my thing. But I, I could filter things out. And so it got interesting for a while. And, you know, Diddy, Duty, whatever his name is, Puff Daddy, you know, Puffy or whatever. I heard in Europe, Puffy meant something homosexual. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know. I heard that. Somebody told me that. But he was dating Jennifer Lopez. And they say Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith were at the same party that they were in. Or at, to say it about it. They at. That's where they at. <laughs> and Diddy got mad because they realized that Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith were trying to snatch Jennifer Lopez for a threesome. They didn't walk up and say, this is what we want you for, but they realized the vibes that were going on, and he was very angry. He acted out, but I think he got the bodyguard to say something to him, like, back up. So now they have these issues, and our children are watching this. But we are not strong enough in our homes to lay down the law. And we have to also not try to keep things away from them, but tell them what it is. As a man, now my mother as a woman and a mother, she did her part. But as a man, my father took, and I keep saying it every damn show as much as I can. From six, seven, eight years old, he took me around in Harlem, Washington Heights, parts of Brooklyn, and showed me the streets raw. This is how I can talk the way I do now. And there was no curiosity to what was going on. I won't tell all the stories because you've heard it before, most, most of you. But I had no curiosity because I could see the end of a bad choice and a bad lifestyle in drugs or, or, or trying to pimp women or, or being uh, in the underworld and all that stuff. He even let me meet people who were in it. <laughs> and before I was six years old, I'll tell you this one. My father's shop where he kept his machines and all of his equipment. By this point, we lived in Queens, but that was two blocks away from where the apartment was. But he chose to still keep his stuff there. That way he didn't have to bring all this machinery back to the house and lift it up and put it in. Sometimes he did that. So we're at the shop. And I know it was around six, six and a half or before six. I'm a little boy. And so Johnny, the numbers man, who was involved in other things in the underworld, I'll never forget his face. He looks like the twin of boxing promoter Murad Muhammad, if you want to know what Johnny looks like. Murad Muhammad, right? And the bottom line is that he asked my father, could he give me a couple dollars? And my father said, yes. But even though he was a numbers man and in the underworld, I don't know how, what he had his hands in. Otherwise, man, I was a kid. But thinking back, I knew he was a numbers dude. It was a restaurant that he had, but it was a number spot where you play what they say the illegal numbers, like a lottery. Everybody goes in there with the combination. Three numbers you pick. You can combinate them. You can you, you play them single, straight. I was a hip little kid. I knew about that stuff. And the old ladies would come in, and they had dream books. 
<laughs> little pamphlets where they had all these numbers on it. And, and, and some older woman coming out of church, I dreamt about that number. I'm going to play it. It's in the dream book. I'm going to play 769 because I had three friends die. I believe 769 was the number of death in that whole numbers culture. So people in that age group sort of being scared. You know, I kept seeing 769, so I'm going to stay in this week. Well, 769 is going to be 769. You might stay in for the week and think you avoid an accident. And the moment you go outside, here it come. A brick falls off a building or a gargoyle or something and hits you in the head. 769. But our people are so, so, uh, oh, how can I say it? Superstitious. That's the spiritual side of us gone awry, gone out of control. We got to control that. But after, because my father allowed him to, you know, he handed it to him. He said, no, you can give it to him straight. Because Johnny, even though he was in, even in the underworld, he had a sense of decency about him. And that's not decent, the things he was doing. Because I found out later on that he might have run some brothels. I can't respect that, putting our sisters out there like that. But even then, the so-called bad guys, the guys who were doing stuff that it was illegal, so-called, they had a code about them. They were not going to act out or do certain things in the general public. So I, what was it, about $20? $20. This had to be 1969 or 68 or whatever. Five years old, almost six. I was six years old and... April 8th, 1969. And it had to be either going into the winter or coming out the winter because I remember everybody was not just heavy, but it wasn't summertime. But after I thanked him, kind of pat me on the head, and he went over a few feet. And I'm still standing in front of the shop. My father went in, and everybody knew us. And it wasn't nobody going to snatch me. But he was right there where he could see me. At that very moment, just like that, I had the money still in my hand. Didn't even get warm yet. Two cars pulled up. I don't know if they had Lincoln Town cars per se at that time, but it was that kind of style. Because I can't remember that. But these two cars pulled up, and I remember the dudes were like had these big coats on, just like just like the movies. Big you know, wide brim hats and the coats, long coats. The car pulled up swift and the guy jumped out the car and shot up Johnny. I was scared. I didn't know anything about this. Those things were loud. My father reached out and snatched me in just that quick. And it was hard. I think it hurt my arm. But I'd rather have a hurt arm from a father that cares about me and a cowardly father would have ran to the back and not give a damn about me. But it was enough. I mean, this man was like, man, maybe like eight feet away from me. And I'm looking at these guys. They didn't say, oh, he's seen it as a witness. Let's shoot him too. Even them guys, they had a target. They aimed at it. That was it. They could have sprayed up everything. There were other people out there. But back in those days, they knew. Everybody knew. Unless it was something random, which was, which was rare, very rare. If somebody came for you like that, that means you did something. That's what that meant. And you see all the gossipy ladies out there later on. Mm -hmm. 
We know Johnny was into some stuff, but he must have did somebody wrong. He must have kept somebody's money that he owed. He must have been screwing around with somebody's woman. <laughs> woman. <laughs> that's us. We have different ways of saying things. That's what it was now. You can get shot up on anything because our, our children are so void of the connectedness that we need in our communities and in our families, and they seek love from somewhere else. And that, that so-called right of, rites of pas, pa, uh, passage, yeah, yeah, that's what it is. What we go through to be accepted now with gangs is go out and put a bullet in that old lady's head if you really want to be part of us. And they do all kind of crazy things because they, they have voids in us. We have voids in us. And other people coming in to define us. It's just crazy how we're wide open. And I'm going to continue with this, you know, just like we did the one about toxic black people. I'm going to come back with that one again in a different title. But Brother Joe Harden called me last night. Uh, he gave me a voicemail. We voicemailed each other back and forth, and he loved the topic, so he wants to come on in. He said, well, listen, don't, don't. Don't rehash the same title. I said, listen, we're going to come with the same thing, but it's going to be a different title. But I want to focus on what I didn't all the way focus on was the trash coach. I put that in the title, but we're still going to do that. He says, yeah, that's what I want to talk about anyway. So I said, okay, we'll, we'll roll, and I'll go in the same way. And he'll go in in his way the same way. Welcome, Ed Smith. You're on Facebook. Nobody sees you on YouTube, but I'll put you up on the screen so people can see you. It's all respect and love. Yes. I got so much more to say. Y'all know that. I can just ramble on and ramble on and ramble on because I see so much, feel so much, and I've been through so much. And I really, 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 really appreciate you all being here with me today. It really means a lot to me. It really does. I'm way up here in the mountains like a monk. So my communications with you mean a whole lot. Leave your comments and all of that stuff, and I'll respond more, I'll do more. And when things settle down for me even more so, I want to not only just do two shows a day, but I might just start doing three. And some footage <laughs> from the outside. Just let it all hang out. Sometime when you have the opponent hurt or when you're out there and you're like, okay, you got to have those peak moments, right, those signature moments in what you do. We all can talk about Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson knocked out all these people, but there's, there's those five knockouts that he did that were over and above. Whether it's Michael Jordan, whether you like him or not, there's those five slam dunks that out of his whole career, these were the high points. What's the real of your life? Real meaning R-E-E-L, the high points of your life. Enjoy all of it. But what are you producing that when you're from this level and they speak about your legacy if you have one. Well, you're going to have one now, whether you like it or not. Your legacy might not be what you want, meaning that if you don't take action to control what it is that you leave behind, it might read like this. Yeah, that, that brother was a nice guy, man, but he was a hell of a crackhead, man. You couldn't keep no, nothing around. Man, he would steal everything. Well, if that's what you allowed, that's what they're going to say. The pastor can rewrite your life and make it sound good at the funeral. Everybody rolling their eyes, looking at each other. Now, you know that damn pastor's a liar. That damn pastor's a really good, <laughs> he writes something real good. Because you know that wasn't what it is. <laughs> Might be a man who's a womanizer. 
See them old sexy 10 ladies sitting around crying that right there? Mm-hmm. He was dealing with all of them. It's going to come out. Clean the history on your computer because you might die. Take them naked pictures that you send to everybody because you might die and they might get the farm. Just mess with y'all, y'all. Just walk in a way where live today as though it's your last. I'm not being gory, but exude and, and, and take control and do the things you need to do that you know are right for you. Don't be influenced by the outside world. Don't allow others to define you. How dare you allow that? You rolling with the dirt they put out on stuff in your mind. Correct the children. Tell them the right thing to do. Walk straight. Walking straight, people can see that you live a certain way. After my mother passed away, I received so many letters to the house of people that didn't know her all the way and comments in real life. I found out about your mother. Just, hey, I'm so sorry, but she carried herself with such dignity. She was so helpful. I can see the love on her. My mother was an empath. And she was always maybe in a state of pain because she would absorb pain and, and, and take your pain away. That was just how she was naturally. If you remember this episode of Star Trek, the original with Captain Kirk and Mr. Spock, they had an episode called The Empath. And while they didn't get so deep into the spiritual uh, aspects of it, that if you had a wound, a, a, a stab wound, and this woman would touch your arm, the wound would go away and the pain would go away. And you'd see the pain on her face as she grimaced and took it. That's how she was. We need to be able to look past the pain that other people are in. I'm not saying just take it up like, oh, you're three months behind your rent, I'll pay it. I don't mean that. But take down the barriers and reach out and say, sister and brother, you're appreciated. I understand what you're going through. Let's see how we can work it out. If we were self-healing like everything in nature is and we're supposed to be, we'd be a community and nothing can infiltrate our minds. To be the mockery. To be the mockery of what we're supposed to be. They're making fun of us. They got most of us. We're indulging in the filth. What's the next step? To put a plate of feces in front of us and scoop it up and eat it and go, mmm, this is good. Mmm, good. Mmm, good. That's how Campbell's doodle is. Mmm, good. And they're going to have somebody black doing it too. The other day I saw a rapper. Don't even know who it is. Don't even care. Pick the girl from the audience. I know y'all saw, saw this. Had her sitting up in a chair and told her. I don't know what he did. He said something. But she was so starstruck and so happy to be the one pulled up out the audience. And she sat in a chair facing the audience. And I know he told her, I got to spit in your mouth. And he stood behind her. Had the mic in his hand. He tilted her head back with her mouth wide open. Wide open. Ah. Like you at the dentist. He hawked up and, and she had head in her mouth. Did she spit it out? No, that's too late already. He swallowed it. And what you do behind closed doors with your man, that's one thing. Because I can get kind of freaky myself. 
But you're so starstruck and so much with low self-esteem that you allow this? We done lost our minds. We done lost our minds. Anyway, let me get ready to skedaddle. I wish I can go on for a couple more hours. I got so much. This is like a meal that you, the cab's coming soon. Uh, take two more bites because we got to get out of here. Put the food in the fridge. We'll eat it later. <laughs> That's what it is with me right now. I got to run. And um, like I said, I got to run, do a few things. And uh, don't mean I'm leaving far, but I'll be close by. Just want to say that I thank you all so much for being here. We're going to continue something tonight after I finish. I'll look up another chat room, but I have to go. But I know you all today. I see you, and I love you for being here. Thank you so much. Much love. Peace. That sounds like a crazy. part of it up. You're told too much truth. But you know what? We're going to continue on the same way. Much love to you all. Peace.